Have you heard about the guys over at Chinook Seedery? They are the only sunflower seed company that is taking the time to connect with college athletes and trying to help them build their brand. They have eight flavors from mild to wild with way less salt and no sandpaper tone. So check them out today over at ChinookSeedery.com. I know a gentleman that's going to be a big part of an upcoming card is this, this man. What was that? Macho man Randy Savage. Something so fast you can't even talk about it. Lucky person, yeah, out there somewhere is gonna win a silver cloud. What a lucky, lucky, lucky person. And Tito Santana, if you go to the Intercontinental Heavyweight Championship out with the Macho Man Randy Savage and escape with your life and still lose your belt. You are a lucky, lucky, lucky Tito. Yeah, that's what they're gonna be calling you. Cause comparatively speaking to the macho man, Randy Savage, you are nothing but garbage, yeah. Yeah, he definitely gave me a celebration when I guess I flipped the bat too high. But, uh, you know, going through the box, I looked at Coach Bruce, he said, staying within yourself, get your pitch and just hit it hard. So I was just gonna try and hit something hard and happen. Give up and took a moment, thought about it, feeling caught in the middle, but got offended when he told me y'all would live in the kennel when I can never leave. Yo, what is up, everybody? It is time, and we are back again for the In Off the Bench podcast. I am Daniel Ball, and I'm joined as always by my co-hosts, my partners in crime, my brothers from other mothers, Jim Cross, Randy Jowers. Boys, tonight's episode three titled Omer Frogs, because tonight we got TCU baseball star Austin Davis joining us. He's going to talk to us about his story. He's going to recap what an incredible season TCU had this uh, past season. And we're going to dive into Omaha and get his take on the experience, the games, and we're even going to get into what's next for Austin. So, guys, let's not waste any time. Let's get right to it. Help me welcome on to the show with the biggest interview in podcasting this week, our man, TCU baseball star, Austin Davis. Austin, my man, we appreciate you coming on. How are you tonight? Uh, doing good. Thanks for having me on. No, absolutely. The pleasure is all ours. Austin, right off the top, we're going to break some ice. We're going to get weird. If there is a zombie apocalypse, who are the three people from TCU baseball you want on your team to survive? Ooh, three. All right. Definitely taking Elijah Nunez, Big Hunter. I gotta go. I'm, I'm gonna go with all the dudes that hunt on this team because they gotta have some good shots. So I'm definitely taking Elijah Nunez, Luke Boyers, and my sleeper pick gonna be Brandon Taylor. Okay, I like I like the strategy, hunters. I mean, I like it. I like it. Okay. All right, let's get even more weird. If you had to do karaoke, what song would you pick? Mm, oh, definitely Pyt by Michael Jackson. All right. I kind of dig it, actually. I kind of yeah, dig little throwback, it. A little throwback action right there. All right. Let's say you're dropping a hot mixtape, Austin. What's your rapper name? Ooh. 
All right, I might have to go with, you know, I like my my Call of Duty name I got, so I'm going to go with Chocolate Drop. <laughs> oh, that's perfect. That's perfect. All right, so moving on along. Who was your celebrity crush growing up? Ooh, like like what what age were we talking about growing up? Like like Man, like we're talking like when you like you know 13 to 16. Well, I don't I don't know. Hey, Tommy kind of hey, he gave us his his one when he was really young, and then he gave us his one now. So hey, you know, whatever. All right, I got I got three for y'all. So when I was like young, I was watching Hannah Montana, definitely Molly Cyrus. And then, you know. When we got to the Transformers area, I'm a big Transformers fan. Definitely Megan Fox. Ooh, you ain't told no lies. Yeah, pre-surgery. And then right now, mm, it's probably between Summer Rae and Rihanna. All solid choices, but I, I do sense a trend. You you, you kind of like them a little crazy, Austin. <laughs> and, and I can't say that I blame you, but that's, that's fine. Why have, that's why they have celebrity crush and not celebrity uh soulmate. <laughs> yeah, but he's, thought about, he's thought about this. I mean, he had it all mapped out. Like he must have knew this question was coming or something. Or yeah, the, the, the boys have, have talked Trey, about it. Trey, Trey gave me some some pointers. Oh, okay. <laughs> Bet it up. All right, man. So you probably know this next was coming. Last one before I give you over to DB. Favorite athlete growing up. Ooh, favorite athlete growing up. I'm gonna go because, like, right now, my favorite athlete definitely like Mookie Betts. But, like, when I was growing up, for like, I knew who Mookie Betts was definitely Cam Newton. Did I like both of them? You know where Mookie Betts is from? Where he's from? Oh, no, he's from Tennessee. Yeah, Nashville, Tennessee. You know where he committed to play college baseball at? Wasn't it Tennessee? It was Tennessee. He just never made it. You know, he got the bag. I don't blame him. Yeah, I would I would have got that. I would have took that back too if I was him. Yeah, yeah. I had a problem with that Cam Newton pick though as a Saints fan. I didn't like it. Oh yeah, that's that's a tough one. Yeah. He he kind of did it to y'all that year. A, a few times. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Austin, man. Let's let's get into the interview part of this, man. Take me back a little bit. Um, tell us about where you're from. All right, so I was born uh in Gainesville, Florida, so been a Gator fan. Basically, right. my whole life. Uh, yeah. Well, nice that's a good out. podcast, guys. And there oh, we are. Yeah, we're out of here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Orange and blue. Yeah. Definitely was that. I mean, not a fan of the baseball team, but definitely big Gator fan, like college football time. And then, uh, so I was born in Gainesville because uh, my dad played football there. And then uh, moved down to Fort Lauderdale, lived there between like ages, like since right after I was born, we moved down there. So I moved from Fort Lauderdale to Orlando when I was five, five or six, and then lived in Orlando ever since. Nice. I've been – I lived in Fort Lauderdale, live in Tampa now. I'm very familiar with Fort Lauderdale. Yeah, yeah. Tampa, Tampa blowing up right now. It's, it's on the come up. Yep. Just wait. Championship city too, man. Everybody wanted <laughs> something somewhere. Yeah. Hey, Tampa, even the sports trying to blow up. So you – you talked about being a, you know, living in Orlando. How many times you've been to Disney? I'm not gonna lie. There was one point. I think both my parents both worked at Disney at the same time, and I just went over and over. I was you, tired. You didn't even have to get those passes. Didn't and, need them. Yeah. Didn't need them. They, they, you got the magic band and just you're just rolling through there all all day. 
Yeah, people ask me that question all the time. It's like Disney, like to me, Disney's overrated because I've been so many times. But like, if you are out of out of town, you definitely got to go. It's like, Daniel, it definitely has... it's it's really tough to be in a bad mood and walk through those gates and still be in a bad mood. I don't yeah. know what to do, but it's Daniel. I wondered. I wondered if he might do the whole because we're from Memphis and everybody be like. Uh, you know what's Grayson like, and then I'm like, I ain't never been because most people from Memphis actually ain't never even been to Graceland, even though people come from all over. And so I was waiting for Daniel to ask you that, and you'd be like, I ain't never been. <laughs> no, I as, if he grew up there as a kid, I, I would imagine he had to go there at some point. Yeah, I think the only place in Orlando I've been, like uh, theme park, probably Universal, and that's because every time friends go, I'm busy, and every time I want to go, they don't have the free passes. I'm not going. Because universe is expensive, so I'm not going unless somebody got a pass or something. Sure. Seems like a field trip thing. I feel like in school, yeah. that would be a field you know, trip. Well, you know what's funny about that? I think my seventh grade year, every year before that, or eighth grade year, you're supposed to go to Universal, uh, like, toward the end of the year. So every year, they were going to Universal. And my eighth grade year came, and they, they canceled it. We weren't going to Universal. I was kind of mad. Oh, man. I'm, I'll be at Universal in four days. In four days, I'll be there. <laughs> Oh First yeah, on a hot button topic I, I for you. Those lines, I found those lines. Those lines ain't no joke. Need that fast pass or whatever. They yeah, call. yeah, you need that fast pass. I'm telling you. All right, so you know, moving around through Florida, talk to me a little bit about family life. You got brothers, sisters, mom, dad. What's what's it look like? Yeah, so you know, I got both my parents. Uh, my dad's in Orlando right now. My mom moved over to uh Atlanta, and then I got a younger brother who uh, plays baseball. Uh, he just finished his freshman year. He was at Juco ball. So uh, he's getting ready to go to either SEC, Big 12, or Pac-12. So he's limiting down his options right now. Those options sound pretty big. Yeah. Pretty big. So let me ask you this. Be real now. How many whoopings you put on him growing up? Ooh, a lot. A Be, lot. Being the older brother, man, you had to – Throw down a little bit. I mean, I I think I t I tickled him so much he's not even ticklish no more. So he can thank me for that. He's not even ticklish no more. Dang. Yeah, that's that's how he's be down on. He's not even ticklish no more. So this might be a this would be an interesting question. Who is the most athletic between the two of you? Oh, definitely me. Definitely. No, me. no yeah, hesitation. Definitely. No, I mean, he, and I think that's the right I, answer. I mean. Athletic. He he ended up more with my dad's build. Like he got the thickness and the more mass. I'm kind of the skinnier build than him. So he's throwing weights around, but you you can move fast. Yeah, yeah. He throwing. I mean, like he he still can move fast, but like he got the thicker build. He looked shorter than me. So yeah, he got a thicker build up for sure. Gotcha. So as you're growing up, I mean, to me, like being in Florida, you you see a lot of people specialize in one sport or another. Um, baseball being that you can play it year-round, was baseball your only sport, or did you play multiple sports? Actually, fun fact, I didn't even know what baseball was until I was nine years old. Man. Like, didn't even, didn't even know about the sport, because I always played football. So I started football when I was six, and then that was, like, my only sport. I played football year-round. Like, I was if I was out of football season, I was training, and then got to nine years old, my dad was like, no, no, before that, I remember turning on the game, TV, and the first game I ever seen was, I think it was the Rays and the Phillies World Series. And I was like, what sport is this? This looks absolutely stupid. <laughs> <laughs> and then I, I turned it off. And then, like, 
I forgot what year that was. And I just remember my dad asked me, like, maybe, like, a few weeks after that. He's like, hey, you want to go uh, try for baseball? And I was like, yeah, sure. And I was fresh out of basketball practice. So we went there, tried out. And then ever since then, I played baseball, baseball and football. Let me – all right. Now now you got me thinking. If you go from basketball straight to baseball to a sport that you never played, like, you must have picked it up fast, right? Like. Well, I remember it's been so athletic that they were like, we'll figure out how to make this guy good. So we did like, we had like the little trousers at nighttime. So I remember it was him fly balls. And like my dad gave me this old glove, like one of those like 1833 gloves. So I went out to catch fly balls. I remember having a glove in my hand. I was looking at the ball and I looked at my bare hand and I caught it with my bare hand. And I was like, no, you got to use the glove. So then I tried to use the glove and I missed it. So I just kept trying to catch it with my bare hand. I just kept like, like this, like a punt returner. So then we, they skipped all that. It was like, all right, we want to see you hit. So then, like, I was hitting. I was hitting a few line drives. And then it was like, are we going to do, like, a little sim game? And I'm not going to lie, they pitched this girl. She threw, like, the hardest in, like, Little League at the time. I ain't going to lie, she was pumping that cheese. And I just remember I swung real hard one time, hit the top of the fence. They were like, you're on the team. Like, all right. <laughs> and and the, the rest is history. So now you, you take these newfound skills and you – expound upon it like you, you go out you get better and better and better and obviously i'm sure that at some point you go to high school right you're playing are you mm -hmm. still playing all sports or are you now narrowing it down to just baseball so i got in my eighth grade year and my dad was like all right you're getting ready for uh, high school you're gonna have to take a break from football and he's like y'all get ready because you gotta make the varsity team and i was like eighth grade year i was like all my friends getting ready to go i'm hey it hurt not playing football in eighth grade year. So, like, I trained all eighth grade just baseball, 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 baseball. And then I remember my dad, like, he would get, like, maybe, like, five feet away and just throw the ball. Sorry. He's like, this is what you're going to see in varsity. This is what you're going to see in varsity. And I ain't going to lie. He was throwing at least about 105 from that distance. I was like, oh, I'm not going to see this. So, <laughs> I trained all summer, all fall. Then high school finally came my freshman year. And so, football tryouts had passed. So I'm, I didn't even try out football. I remember I went out one time. And like I tried out for the team, and then that was like first day of trials for football. And then after that, my dad was like, "All right, you ain't gonna play. We just want to see what they had." And then I went to fall baseball trials. I ended up making the varsity team my freshman year. And the football coach at the time, he I remember he called me. I was like, "Hey Davis, why don't you come try? We need you on the on the team. We need you. We need you. We need you bad." And I was like, "Ah, oh, coach, you know, I got I got to focus on baseball." He was like, I, I respect that. So I played varsity my freshman year, uh, and then sophomore year. At, at uh, what? What's the, what high school is this? It was Freedom High School. So like, I was in like the area with like Dr. Phillips, uh, Cypress Creek, and like at the time, Dr. Phillips was like number one school in football every year. They went to states like every year. And I was like, God, dog. And they had like big time recruits like Florida, Georgia every year. So I was actually glad I didn't play my freshman year because I was, I was like maybe 130 pounds my freshman year. So that that kind of saved me. And then, so played varsity like throughout my four years. And then finally went back to football my sophomore year. And then I played varsity my sophomore year. And then I played Football, my sophomore, junior year, and then play my senior year. Man, you had these coaches, these football coaches, just getting real excited and then just being let down. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I remember my like my junior year, the quarterback got hurt, 
uh, in the sophomore year, and they're like, hey, Davis, can you, can you play quarterback? We need you to play quarterback. No, they didn't even ask me if I could play quarterback. They was like, we need you to play quarterback. They thought since I played baseball, it was like, all right, he does play quarterback. And I remember just going through the playbook. I was like, coach, I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to remember this playbook. So I remember, like, I used to be out in the huddle, and they'll give us the play call, like, all the signs. I look to my running back, like, what's the play? They can tell me the play. Because, like, I remember, like, I remember, like, the concepts, but I remember the actual play. So I was like, all right, if he's running the hitch route, it's got to be maybe, like, a post corner right here or something, like a drag route coming on the other side. So that's how I remember the play. And then we had, like, a read option. So it was, it was kind of simple. So to make things easy, you just ran the ball, right? Yeah, pretty much. It was like, I'll read it. I'll either hand it to my – because our running back was actually pretty good. He averaged, like, maybe 100 yards a game. So, like, I'll, I'll either hand it off to him, or if he was getting blown up, I'll just take it, run around the defensive end and run it. But, I mean, I had a few I had a few passing, passing clips on my highlight on, on huddle. But other than that, I maybe averaged, like, 30 yards a game on the – through the air, maybe like 100 yards on the ground. Daniel, before we got a new coach our senior year and actually opened up the offensive playbook, do you remember the play sophomore and junior year we ran repeatedly, like the only play we ran? Yeah, 28 bucks. 28 bucks. We didn't run anything else. Just hand it to Kirby and let him go. (laughs) Hey, if it worked, it worked. But it it did not. It didn't work. It didn't work. work. That's Uh, the problem. uh, There's a reason that coach had to go. Yeah, if it ain't working, you got to go. I'll never forget, I'm at quarterback. We're playing Dr. Phillips. This year, they had, like, two linebackers going to – one going to Florida, one going to Michigan. And it was two plays in that game that, like, made me mad. The first play, it was like a – it was like two – we had twins to both sides, and it was slant both sides. I remember calling it. So, we had, like, hot was the for the strong side, cold for the weak side. And I remember calling the play. And the DB on the other team was like, Slant to the right, slant to the right. I was like, I looked at my running back, I was like, he know the play. So I was like, I'm audible. So I audible it to another play. He go, they run to the weak side. They run to the weak side. I remember just looking at the sideline. I audible it back to the play. I was like, well, if he intercepted, he intercepted. I, I hiked the ball. He jumped and took it for a pick six. Mm. <laughs> Damn, so he knew the play and you didn't know the play? Yeah. yeah. Coach came back. I came back to the sideline. He was like, why'd you throw that ball? I was like, Coach, I ain't going to lie to you. He knew the play better than I knew the play. He was like, all right, that's understandable. That's understandable. <laughs> so, obviously, you, you're you back and forth on football, but baseball is, is really, like, the sport now. Um, during this time, you, you get named to Rawlings Perfect Game, honorable mention in 2018. You were two-time All-Metro honoree and you were selected as a perfect game underclassman, All-American honorable mention in 2016. Um, You played football. You earned All-Metro there. You're a defensive player of the year and had MVP honors. Um, You know, looking back at the football and the the baseball when you were playing them together, which was your favorite to play? Mm, I'm not going to lie. So our football team was absolutely terrible. But I did love the Friday night. I mean, if the quarterback wouldn't throw it to the other team. (laughs) Even not because even when I was on defense, we would would get stopped and our offense would give it up. Like, I remember for three straight games, we had at least six three and outs. And I was like, we'll get off the field. Defense, get ready for the point. I'm like, bro. Like, I remember at one time, my junior year, I I started at quarterback. I punted, did kick return, and was starting at free safety. That's a lot. 
And somehow he ended up on a baseball field at the end of the day. Oh, so so clearly baseball was the right path, obviously. Yeah. But um, you know, being a dual sport athlete, when did you know, because you're not always on the baseball field, at what point during your career do college coaches start pursuing you to play baseball? Uh it was pretty early, like my freshman year. I got my first ever, like, two offers. One was from Ohio, like, the green one. And then the other one was from Stanford. So, like, that happened. I remember, like, talking to my dad about it. Then my coach, he's like, oh, yeah, you definitely got to go to Stanford. I ain't know know nothing about Stanford at the time. And then, so, like, I was getting ready to go. Like, I finished the season. I was getting ready to go, like, check them out. Like, going to visit. And then the coach that was recruiting me ended up leaving. And I think he got like a minor league job or something. So then that was that was the end of that. And then like it was kind of quiet until like uh sophomore summer when I started picking up a few more offers, like started talking to schools again. Yeah, it's like soft, sophomore summer and beginning of junior year of high school. Do you talk think- about Daniel? Talk about the range gap, dude. Miami of Ohio, so he's talking about is the green one. And Stanford. What a hell of a gap between schools. <laughs> no, I mean, oh, I mean. <laughs> All them damn schools in between ought to be ashamed. <laughs> I mean, you, you ended up going in between both of them, you know, but the, it's just amazing to me how you get level, like, because when you, when you talk about Stanford, you're talking about a lineage of college baseball, like, excellence. They had yeah. a standard for baseball there. Um, it's just amazing to me that Stanford is, is, is reaching out to you, but – there's not like a, a Florida, there's not a USF, there's not these Florida schools that have baseball programs and even, you know, north of there that are reaching out to you at the same time. But inevitably you end up choosing West Virginia. So what was it about West Virginia where you were like, that's, that's where I'm going, I'm leaving. Gainesville, Gainesville, Florida was so bad that you was like, man, I'm going to the to the hills of West Virginia. Morgantown. I, fun fact, actually, I didn't out of high school, I didn't get one offer from a Florida school. Mm. That's not that's a, one. That's a that's a miss on them. Yeah. yeah, I didn't actually I think the first offer I ever got from Florida school was when I hit the transfer portal this past year and it was from UF. Nope. And luckily he didn't pick him because he never would have came on the show. Austin, we actually have a rule. Um, we don't have Florida guests because uh, we don't like Florida. So <laughs> that's why we almost cut the interview. Yeah, I actually managed Austin while I was there watching you boys in uh in Omaha. Some dude with a corn on the cob. You was talking about the dude with the pencil. Dude with a corn on the cob interviewed me, and I said, F them gators. And then next thing you know, I got everybody telling me they see me on TikTok saying it. I didn't know the <laughs> corn on the cob actually had like a whole bunch of followers. So yeah, now, I'm, a, I'm a Gator fan for everything except baseball. So Austin, now if even if we wanted a Florida Gator on the show, they wouldn't do it. They, they banned our show <laughs> because of this viral TikTok that Jim just had to. Just had <laughs> to get in. I had a lot of Jello shots, and they were actually real this year. They weren't that fake crap they had had in the previous year. <laughs> Yo, Austin, let's let's get back to it, though. Let's talk about West Virginia. So, let's just going through some of this. Appeared in 164 games, make 136 starts, 
in four seasons. You were a career 313 hitter, 162 hits, including 25 doubles, three triples, five home runs. You collected 57 RBIs, 64 career stolen bases, including a career high 29 in 2022. 44 multi-hit games and tallied 14 multiple RBI contest. So just want to talk about that. The, you said you didn't have any offers from a Florida school where you're from. You mm-hmm. end up at West Virginia. So the tell us the biggest reason why. How did you end up there? So uh, going to I was going to Jupiter, and this was like right after I was supposed to go to NC State, and they it was like, yeah, we'll call you. You know, talk about like, you know, scholarship. They never called me. So I was like, dang, this is like, this is junior summer. Yeah, it's junior summer. So I was like, man, it was kind of crunch time. But I wasn't panicking us. You know, I ended up going to Jupiter tournament. And uh was Junior supposed to come see me play? So the team I was playing for, I was like, hey, I told him, I told him the deal, you know, what's happening. I was like, hey, what's Junior want to come see me play? I had emailed the coaches, you know, I was doing a lot of emailing at the time. Get coaches to come see me late during this Jupiter tournament. So uh I told the coach, like, hey, you know, what's Junior come check me out? Uh fast forward, you know, he ends up not playing me when it came to the game. So Dang. So end up uh the same weekend West Virginia had a baseball camp. Uh University of Pitt had me on a visit there. So went to Pittsburgh. Me and my dad flew to Pittsburgh, went on a visit there, drove down to Morgantown the next morning, went to a camp at West Virginia. Uh Coach Maisie wasn't even there actually. Uh I think St- Steve Savings was there, the recruiting coordinator, so he was there. First A B. I had a home run side of part of the dead center, and then I ended up going like three for three that game. And then like they ended up offering me like the next morning, and then I was like, "Well, I mean, pretty good deal." It's kind of late. Did they want to know after seeing that? Did they go, "Why the hell didn't you play when we came down there to watch you?" Did he ask me about that? Oh, yeah, I think I think he did ask me about that. Like when they were like we was getting ready to talk over like scholarship money and all that, and I was like, uh, "The coach didn't, didn't play me, so." Well, no, actually, no, this is what happened. I had talked to them after Jupiter, and I had told, told them, like, the coach ain't playing. So then that's when they told me about the camp. So they emailed me and was like, hey, well, come to this camp. We can check you out. So then my dad was like, I mean, might as well just go do what you got to do. I mean, all it takes is one good game. So I was like, oh, all right. So speaking of that, talk to us about baseball at West Virginia. We've never had a guest on from there. So what's the what's the culture like? You know, we're talking like facilities to crowds to competition level. So, uh, got there is really it's in the mountains for sure. Big college town, like I mean, like since it's the only like big thing in West Virginia, West Virginia is like the sports team there. So, if you're from West Virginia, you are a West Virginia fan. And then I mean, you got Marshall there, but like Marshall's kind of like the little stepbrother. So, everybody's a big fan. The culture, the culture there, like with the fans, like the fans are amazing. I mean, like they're they're top notch. Like they can compete with like some SEC teams for real. Like they can compete with like the LSU. Like them, those fans really gonna go all out about their sports. Uh, don't matter if you're doing good or bad. And then like facility wise, West Virginia's really been on the come up since I've been. I mean, I got in my freshman year. We didn't have a weight room. We ended up getting the weight room just for baseball only. Uh, they built a new like sports facility for like Olympic athletes and like a, a new weight room. So like all athletes over there by the Coliseum, uh, they don't have cages yet, which is kind of crazy. Like indoor cages, so the cages are outdoors. So that kind of sucks hitting in the that cold. I mean, yeah, I mean we got like the practice football field, the indoor practice football field where they hit, but like that's like on the other side of town. Like so, baseball 
field is off campus. And then, like, there's, like, two apartment complexes, like, on the top of the hill where, like, all baseball players stay. And then the campus, like, maybe, like, five-minute drive. And then the indoor part of this football field is, like, behind the campus. So it's, like, a whole eight-minute drive. And, like, nobody's trying to drive over there just to go hit some baseballs in the snow. <laughs> it's so, tough. Let, speak, speaking of the snow, I mean – Talk, was it like a not just the weather, but was it like a culture shock for you coming from Florida to West Virginia? Yeah, the food up north, terrible. Don't recommend it, terrible. Like, I, I hate the food up north. Like, I remember in like the dining hall, I'm trying to get some sweet tea. The sweet tea wasn't even sweet. I was like, who drinks unsweet tea? I was like, it's crazy. That might have been a deal breaker for me. I don't know if I yeah, could have gone there. <laughs> like, yeah. the, like, I've been to so many restaurants up north, like over there in West Virginia area, where like they, I'd be like, can I get sweet tea? And they'd be like, we have unsweet. I was like, who drinks I'll bring you some Splenda. Yeah, I'll bring you some Splenda. I'm like, you trying to kill me with that fake sugar. Like, <laughs> that's not even real tea. And then, I mean, like, the snow. Like, I ain't never seen snow until I got up there. So, like, that was kind of that was kind of dope, like, seeing snow for the first time. Because I saw it on my, my official visit. I saw snow, and I was like, wow, this, this is snow. And after that, I tried to make a snow angel. That didn't work out like I planned on the movies. Like, I, I thought it was going to come out, like, nice and crisp. It was just a big block. Nah, it's it's like super cold up there. <laughs> nah, super way cold. too cold. So, what was your favorite season at West Virginia? And and top of that, what was your favorite moment while you were there? Uh, favorite season was probably my freshman year when we, when we hosted a regional. We had Al Manoa pitching. That it's pretty I, good. I I've, I've heard of yeah. that guy. Yeah, that that guy that guy's pretty good. I never forget. Like I'm in left field playing Texas Tech, ninth inning. He's going CG, last pitch of the game, 99, to strike out for the win. I was like, yeah, that that guy's good. <laughs> that, He's him. That guy, yeah, that guy's him. And then favorite moment, uh, let's see. I got I got two. So my junior year, Big 12 tournament, playing Texas. We're down 1-0. I robbed a grand slam at the Big 12 tournament. And then senior year last year at West Virginia, I, uh, we're playing Ohio State. One of my close friends is pitching, closing for them. We're down. It's tie game, two strikes. I'm up. He's pitching. And I hit a walk-off on the slide on the 3-2 climb out of the middle. Mm. Did the group chat blow up that night? Yeah, it did. I, I remember, like, texting him after, and he was like, shots on me. I mean, I was like, I don't drink because I don't really I don't drink for real. So I was like, uh, you can give me like a, a cranberry juice, but that's cool. If you can find me some sweet tea, <laughs> sweet tea. I'll take that. Yeah, so, so sweet tea or something. <laughs> oh man! So one thing worth noting, man, Austin, is that in your years at West Virginia, you were first team All Academic Big Twelve. Why were academics a priority? You you mentioned Stanford recruiting you, so like I mean, you talked about not knowing the place. So I'm kind of getting mixed vibes here. You didn't want to learn the playbook, but obviously you're a pretty smart, dude. <laughs> yeah, so like on my dad's side of the family. I have my grandma was a teacher. Her mom was a teacher. Both her sisters were teachers. They all went to UF. My dad went to UF. So all big on school. And then, uh, and my uncle went to UF, so my dad's brother. And then my auntie was a teacher too. So like that side of him was all teachers. And then he had two cousins that were doctors. So like that side was like books, 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 books. And I remember I made, I couldn't bring a C home at all. Like I couldn't bring a C at all. My dad told me, he was like, if you make a D, you don't. If you make a C, you ain't paying attention. If you make a B, 
you ain't busting your ass. I was like, all right. So, I mean, I'll bring some beers home, but it'll be like mostly like I'll bring like four, four A's, three B's. It'd be cool with it. I remember sophomore year. What's this? This during season. I'm in chemistry. Kim Kim won honors. I bring a D home on a progress report. Not even a report card, progress report. We're talking about practice. My dad. Yeah, yeah. Talking about practice here. So I remember my dad he saw that. He was like, well, you ain't playing this week. And we had this when we started like conference playing high school. And we had like the the hardest teams at first. And I remember my dad was like, You ain't you ain't playing till you get that D up. And you gotta apologize in front of your whole team. And I had to do my homework in the dugout. Oh man. Yeah, doing practice. So you didn't get them more D's though, did you? Yeah, oh no, that was the last one I ever got. I'm actually gonna steal what his dad said. If any of my because they they only make A's and there's the occasional B, I'm gonna say they ain't busting their ass. I'm on them. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, school school is important. No, for sure. Student athlete is 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 the key phrase there. But speaking of being a student athlete, Austin, we all know uh where you play now, where you played this last season. How does TCU come on the radar for you and why did you choose to go to TCU? So uh, right after the draft, you know, some some things that went down between me and, like, uh, the coaches over there at West Virginia and, like, all that. So after the draft, you know, things in God's plan and talked to my agent. He was like, well, man, you know, we'll see if we got a free agent deal. But if not, we can hit the portal. So I was like, all right, that's cool. So nothing happened for agent deal. So uh, I remember playing – TC like throughout the years, and I was like, oh, man, they, they kick our ass every year. Like these dudes don't don't ever lose. Like I'll never forget, we were playing TCU at home. We had a pitch out. They did a hit and run. Dude got a base hit on the pitch out on a hit and run. I was like, wow, okay, this 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 team this team is good. So I remember I hit the portal, and like, uh, I think true true story. So before I think right when I got in the portal, I had called Tennessee. I remember my dad was like, hey, you know, let's let's start making some calls now. So I called Vitello. And he didn't answer. So I was like, all right, whatever. So maybe like only big league. Yeah, <laughs> big league. So I'm I'm gonna get I'm gonna get back to that to that. So like remember that. So I called him, he didn't answer. So I had to hit a, I'm in the portal, maybe like two minutes into the portal, like like two minutes fresh. Like I got the email, I'm in the portal. I'm driving home from West Virginia, like all the way to Florida. So I get a call from Coach Charlos. And uh, you know, we're talking, he talking, and like I, he was like, So what do you want? I was like, you know, coach. I don't want my parents to pay for anything, you know. I've been balling out. I think I deserve it's time for me, you know, get what I deserve, you know, come help the team win. I like y'all culture. Uh y'all win big twelve every year. So I was like, you know, I'm coming here to make some magic happen. So we got business taken care of. And I was like, I'm gonna be a horn frog. Like I I didn't talk to nobody else. I, he called me. I like what I heard. I like the culture. Coach staff was great. Uh and they always win. So I was like, you know what? It's 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 no brainer. And then on top of that, I was like, I get to play. West Virginia next year at West Virginia. So I was like, yes, yeah, it's definitely a no brainer. So I hit the uh, portal. I was going to say, hold on, then, bro, but you said, you said, talking to else, you said that was the first time you heard from Florida. How did Florida not become a, a possibility? So, uh, first of all, I hate their baseball team. Like, I, I, like, ever <laughs> since, like, they didn't offer me. How do you like, like every high- team? How do you like everything Florida but the baseball team? Cause they they didn't want to offer me in high school, so I was like, man, bump them Gators, man. Like I remember, I had a homeboy. He he actually pitched at Florida the year they won the uh, World Series, and I was still a fan then. But like when I saw they didn't offer me, I was like, and they kind of did him dirty. So I was like, man, bump bump the baseball team. I I'll rep football like college football season come, you gonna see me in, in Gator football stuff. So I was like, but baseball, nah. So 
after I committed to uh, TCU, you know, they post on Twitter, all that, all the social media stuff. The next day, like I, I finally get home the next day, Tennessee calls. Uh, I think, who was it? Their crew and coordinator called me. And then he was like, I see you going to TCU. And he was like, you know, what can I do to change that? And I was like, you know, I'm, I'm kind of stuck on, on TCU. You know, I got, got my heart set there. But then he was like, all right, that, that's fine. I respect that. Two minutes later, pitching coach called me. Oh, my God. Oh. So he was like, hey, look, we really want you to hear us out. Coach Vitello is going to call you. So the, the pitch. Yeah, because Vitello ends up calling what's, what's he doing for? <laughs> so he ends up calling Hey, hold up. It's like, Frank the Tank. He does what he wants. Well, I'm sure Elander is <laughs> the one that called him first. Yeah, he's a yeah, real one. Yeah, it was Elander. So but I finally get on the phone with Vitello, and he's like, hey, just hear me out, you know. So, like, you know, he's talking all the deal, you know, trying to trying to, trying to to sell the school and all that. So I remember telling him, like, hey, coach, I'm not going to lie. Like, I, I, you were my first call, like, before, like, anybody else called, like, right when I was fresh in the portal. He was like, so yeah, told me this story. Like, I guess there was some kid, you know, uh, that was trying to get a hold of Tennessee. He thought he was him. And uh, we both had 407 numbers. So he thought I was somebody else. And uh, so, he, like he said, he missed my call. And I was like, well, I mean, hey. So he ended up, uh, I ended up talking to him a little bit more. And, you know, I, he was actually in Florida at the time. So uh, I met up with him, talked to him for a little bit. We chit-chatted. And then, you know, he told me all the business. He was like, so you think if I would answer your call, you could have been a volunteer? I was like, hey, guess we'll never know now at this point. So after that, Florida ends up calling me. And, I mean, Sully was – he was trying to sell it. And he really lost me when he said, yeah, so you only have to pay. I was like, oh, pay? Nah, I'm not trying to pay nothing, <laughs> man. I'm not, trying, I'm not trying to pay nothing. And we know he can't count to six. Business. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I mean so – it's, it's, it sounds like <laughs> Vitello's little suspension was because of Austin. Yeah. <laughs> Re recruiting violations going on. Well, look, I, he, I here's, hope not. here's what yeah, I'm Yeah, here's, Coach, I, I've already committed. Thanks, man. Oh, but you, I'm going to have everybody on staff call you. <laughs> my first thought was, Austin, you know, you should have reached out to us. We could have got a hold of Vitello for you. But you know what my second thought, Randy, was? Christian Scott won the season seven best character award voted by his peers and he played right field for Tennessee and he's an amazing dude. So it worked out because he got to play right field, Tennessee and Austin got to do it and uh, TCU. So had he worked went there, out for both. Yeah. So somebody would have had to take a seat and, you know, we wouldn't have liked that. So it, it works <laughs> out for everybody. It did. Hey, man, it I love good. C Scott, but Hey, take a seat, my friend. <laughs> yeah, I didn't want to say he was going to be the one to take a seat, but let's call it what it is. I, Austin's batting better, but you know, whatever. Hopefully, hopefully, see Sky, if you listen, man, I'm sorry. But uh, so you get to you get to Fort Worth, man. After four years in West Virginia, man, like, were you? Did you feel awkward? Was it nervous? I mean, you spend four years at one school, and then you show up, and you're the, you're the new guy. The and you know you're in your fifth year. Was it was it awkward, or was it man? You were so locked in and ready for business that that didn't bother you at all. No, nah, it was awkward. Like, I mean, I came in, it was like, when I first got there, they brought me in, like, I had been on the team for, like, 10 years. So, like, everybody on the team was cool. I got real close with everybody. And then I kind of – I think I hit up – because I remember, like, Trey – I saw Trey had committed there. And as soon as I committed, I had DM'd him on Instagram. Because I remember, like, playing against him over the years at, when he was at Baylor. So, you know, I had DM'd him, told him, I was like, hey, man, I'm coming to TCU. You know, we're going to have to uh, link up when I get there. So, 
get to town. Trey was the first person that was – he was already in town. So, me and him hung out, kicked it for a little bit till everybody got back. And then when everybody got back, you know, started chit-chatting everybody. It was, it was smooth, like smooth like butter talking to everybody. And then, like, we all wanted one thing. Like, everybody wanted to go to Omaha. Everybody – I mean, like, they wanted to three-peat Big 12. So, like, that was like – we already knew it was going to win Big 12. And then going to Omaha was, like, everybody's main goal. So, like, we was all on board with everything. Coaching staff was great, like, amazing. So, I mean, like, it was, it was a perfect fit. Yeah, and you weren't wrong for feeling that way. Uh, we do preseason Omaha picks every year and had TCU there. Um, and then, you know, y'all would go on to confirm that. We're going to get into the college baseball showdown in a minute. But, yeah, because you brought up Trey and he was on here – yeah, I just it was a it really shows what the transfer portal and the opportunity gives guys like y'all y'all are able to come somewhere where like y'all have a goal and an expectation, you know, to to go to <laughs> Omaha and y'all obviously are going to make it happen as we talk about. But you know, college uh, baseball showdown. I'll go down there in Arlington to watch you guys. Uh, you know, right off the top, man, what was it like playing at Globe Life Field against you know top notch SEC competition right out the gate? Oh, it was, it was dope, man. I mean, like, you hear all the hype about SEC teams. Like, SEC is the best, you know. SEC just means more. I remember getting in the box, first first AB, and, like, we were, like, because we were, like, on our, we had a little TVs in, like, uh, the locker room, and since, like, we figured out who the who we were playing, we had, like, the starting pitcher up on the TV and just, like, his heat maps and all that. And like I saw that for like two months straight, and I was like, "Yeah, we're we're, we're gonna hit this dude real hard." So like I remember getting the box, I'm like, "All right, this SEC." I mean, this like I love the big moments, so I was like, "Man, this 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 what it is." I remember getting the box first pitch. I was like, "Yeah, yeah, this Big Twelve is way better than the SEC. SEC doesn't want this smoke." I mean, playing in front of all those fans, like Fort Worth was right down the road, so we had all the fans. It was packed house, you know, a lot of energy, a lot. The atmosphere was great, so like it it was just dope because I mean, like at West Virginia, we didn't really get. I didn't get the opportunity to play in like you no know, atmospheres like that. Like just start off no season. Like when we when we start off season, we're going down coast Carolina. Like oh, I want to play coast Carolina. I'm trying to play the big dogs. Right. I'm play the big dogs. Well, so, well, like, I'll yeah. tell you. I'll tell you this. Uh, for the TCU Arkansas game where y'all absolutely hammered them. Uh, I was in a suite with with Jalen Battles. Uh, he's a guest of the show, and um, we were watching and. He's sitting there like, okay, man, these dudes can play. Like, and it wasn't even just offensively. I remember telling Trey because he had a he had a nasty sliding catch at second. And um, you know, obviously Jalen being an infielder was like he stood up and clapped, like gave his due. And and I was he was like, Man, these dudes can play. And I remember calling both these guys and I said, Yo, man, TCU's but shit, like, I mean, the, the way y'all handled Mandy and them, that's why I was really surprised with how, you know, Missouri ended. And I don't know if y'all just kind of ran out of gas at the end of the thing. But nonetheless, after that weekend, y'all were on everybody's radar for sure. Um, and so not not just ours. As like I said, we had y'all preseason picks. So on the season, you batted 283, nine home runs, 57 RBIs, 48 runs, and 22 stolen bases. So, Solid contribution across the board. Um, we obviously talk about how the season starts, um, you know. So let's talk about what you brought up, man. You get to go to West Virginia. So what, like, you obviously kind of sound like you were excited about this opportunity. What was it like when you got there? I'm not going to lie. So I got there. I remember, like, hitting up all my homeboys that was on the team. I got to see my, my best friend, uh, the shortstop, Tevin Tucker. So that was the first person I saw when I got there. And then I'm going to go see my barber. My hairstylist, I had to get my hair done. Got a got a little cut before that, before the series started. It was like a little family reunion. Then I remember 
everybody asked me, like, hey, do you think you'll get booed or cheered? I was like, I mean, I don't, I don't really care if they boo me or cheer me. Like, regardless, I'm going a, I'm to a, I'm a smack that ass. So, um, <laughs> let's see. I remember, like, the Barstool, W Barstool text me. Like, hey, man, we're going we're gonna to try to give you a round of applause when you get up there. I was like, all right, cool. Y'all do what y'all got to do. I remember I got in the box. I'm getting ready to call my name. And it was half half booze, half cheers. I was like, oh, that's that's fine. And then after that first A.B., it was nothing but booze the whole <laughs> weekend. I mean, like, you you would have thought, like, I was Tom Brady going back to New England. Like, boo. <laughs> like, it was hard booze, but it was fine. It is what it is, though. Randy, where do you stand on that? If, if he would have went to Tennessee for four years and then went somewhere else and came and played, how, how are you treating him when he comes back? Man, it all depends on how it ended, Austin. I'm not going to – I would never boo. I just would not. But, you know, sometimes players deserve to get booed. I'm not saying you did. I'm not and saying I asked you did. because I know how Daniel is. Daniel is a respectable guy. He's going to give him a standing <laughs> go. He's going to give him a standing go. I already know. I'm not – I'm probably not going to do that. Like, you know, if there's a certain player who ends up at the certain school that we're interviewing right now, I, I would I would root for his success. Yeah, I, and it really depends on the school too because, like, if it was Alabama – If you went to Florida? Florida, yeah, like – Dead to me. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, they, they booed me, like, the me like I went to like Marshall or like Pittsburgh. Like I went, I mean, I went in a conference, but like TCU is not a rival school. It's like I ain't deserve to get booed. But I mean, like it, it just sparked me for real. Like I remember uh, the interview, Coach Maisie and uh, my boy Tevin after the game, and they were like, "What do you think on uh, the fans booing them?" And they were like, "To be honest, it just just gonna motivate them." I was like, "Yeah, that's real spill." Because I mean, I did end up just barreling everything they threw at me. So I was like. Oh. So messed up now, Aaron. Was (laughs) was that your favorite away series of the season? Uh, yeah. I mean, we got swept, so like, it kind of sucked at the same time. Like, like it's a team sport, so like, I mean, like I did what I had to do, but like, as like a team result, we got swept, so like, it kind of sucked. So like, then that like, it was fun going back there and like. Seeing them boo me, and then I just kept being successful. That was when that you was get fun. swept by them. Do you second guess leaving there at all? No, I didn't second guess it. I was just like, man, we just we just in one of those slumps right now. Like every team is going to hit a slump, and like I knew the talent we had, and like pitching staff hit, and like from offense standpoint, like we had the talent. Like, and we were always like every time we took a tough loss, we would just flash back to what we did at the beginning of the season. We like we were like, we know that's in the tank. So like we just gotta get back there. So it was just a matter of time, like when we hit that hot streak. And like at that phase of time, it was like hot cold, hot cold, hot cold. So I was like, yeah, we we're gonna click at one of these games and like whoever whoever gets us clicking, it happened to be Cal State Fullerton and Baylor, like, but I mean whoever got us clicking, it was gonna be a rude awakening for everybody else. So Daniel, what always eventually happens? Figure it out. But no, the I figured you said rise to the top. To the top. Always. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's what we we knew going into the season. You know, I, and I didn't mention to this, he alluded to it, that we had you guys predicted Omaha. But then I would say probably about midway through the season, like, we still believe like you guys were that team. It was just, it was just a bad part of the season for you. But then you guys started proving us right towards the end of the season. Cause then you pick it up and you start playing well. And, and I mean, Jim's going to get into it, but inevitably you start playing well at the right time. Yeah. It was like, after that West Virginia series, we was like, I remember like 
I look, I, I cried a little bit because like that was a tough series. And I was like, dang, like this is rock bottom. Like we, you can't go any lower than where we was at at that point. It was like rock, rock. Like we was at like night, we were past sea level, like bottom of the oceans. So I was like, I mean, we was all we looked at each other. We had like a little players meeting, you know, just talk about it. Cause you know, team teams who win like player led, so we were like it's time for you know take control. So we had one of those meetings. We all looked around. We was like, well, we got the talent, you know. We can only go up. I mean, you can't go down because, like, we at the bottom, so you can, might as well just go up. Yeah, there there was two teams we wouldn't let go of, and we took a lot of heat for. We we believed that TCU and Tennessee would always make it back around, and, boy, do we look right because you both made it to Omaha. But, <laughs> um, you know, so as far as home series, you know, being there in Fort Worth, like, you know, and it may be the postseason, um, you know, obviously, but what was your favorite home series? Ooh, there was a lot of – Definitely, definitely that super regional. That that super regional was dope. Like, I mean, we had every. I mean, I I remember like I got a few kids, a few friends on the basketball team. They hit me up. They're like, "Hey, we come to the game." I was like, "Man, I mean, basketball ain't like they're in season. Like when we playing, so like it's kind of tough." But when I when I saw that, I was like, "Yeah, this this place gonna be jumping." But like, of course, super regional we popping. So like, let me go like in season, like before postseason. I mean, I'm definitely. I mean, I I gotta say this elephant in the room. Come on now, super regionals. Y'all weren't even supposed to be hosting that thing, dude. That's not, that's not their fault. That's not their fault. The I mean, fault, but is it really Indiana is, State's like, fault either? Yeah, I remember like after the Arkansas game, I was getting interviewed and like, like they were all cheering. I'm like, yeah, we're going to super regional, but like they were cheering extra hard. Like I'm like, I was like, I know we're going to super regional, but y'all cheering like we going to Omaha straight away. So like, I remember doing an interview. Like Trey came in my ear. He's like, bro, we hosting. I'm like, what are you talking about, bro? He's like, no, nah, we host a super reason. I was like, oh, that's dope. That's dope. So, like, that that, that was a cool moment. Like, I mean, no, no, no disrespect to Indiana State, but, like, nobody want to go to Indiana State and play have a super reason. They're they going to have, like, 30 fans. Well, let me ask you a question. I don't I don't know how much you paid attention. I didn't know anything about Indiana State, and, and I watched the games on TV, and they zoomed in and showed that cemetery graveyard behind the outfield wall. Uh, Austin, as an outfielder, how do you feel about a cemetery being right behind the outfield wall at Indiana State? A little weird, ain't it? Uh, yeah, it is. But DBU has one, but like it's for like the veterans. So like, I mean, it's kind of like they're on a different level. But like, when I was in right field, they had one. So like, the middle of the game, I forgot. Like, it's at a certain time during the game at DBU, everybody has to stop what you're doing. Like, it don't matter what you're doing. Like, the game has to stop. And you have to turn around, like salute uh all the fallen soldiers at uh that passed away at the little cemetery so like that like that being there like it's kind of weird because like it wasn't like no uh like you know military thing but like it, yeah, the, it one, the one in indiana state it looks kind of creepy it's old and everything yeah i remember but you just like, taught us something new at dbu i didn't know that at all so you just taught us yeah something. yeah so what i think it like, was like a pet cemetery <laughs> See you. <laughs> now, now it really got creepy. Austin's like, I'm glad it wasn't there. Nah, I would have to get out of there. <laughs> Imagine making a leaping because that wall was it was a you know not or not too high. You could have leaped no. over it. So I mean, you could have leaped and landed into the graveyard. It well, what I think about- it was left field though, wasn't it? Yeah, true. I I don't know. Might have been. It might have wrapped all the way out to the right field. I don't know. They did. I just hey, saw right have, field. Hey. As I'm not trying to find out because I'm not trying to go there. <laughs> so before before y'all end up uh, hosting Super Regional, you know, um, y'all go to Fayetteville and, you know, everybody was well aware of what had happened in Arlington. 
Y'all had won 13 of your last 14, so you're red hot when y'all get there. And obviously, take care of business in the first game easily. And so here it comes. Um, you're going against Arkansas. Um, do y'all have something personal with Arkansas? Because, I mean, nah, we, y'all don't we just did. win. We y'all did. Don't... Like I mean, like, beginning of the season, you know, we, we grease them. You know, we do what we had to do. So this this what all stars it off. So Eli, he beats out a ground ball. I ain't gonna say who said it from Arkansas, but one day players goes, "Calm down, y'all ain't even sniffed our, uh, Omaha yet." And like, I remember, I saw Eli. I'm in the dugout, I see Eli chirping. So I asked him what happened. I was like, "Oh, it's like that." Okay, so then like later on the game comes, and they doing a little woo pig suey, and I was like, "All right." So I'm I'm up the bat, and my my bat kind of like slipped out my hand. I said, "I'm part for Tom." And, like, you know the rule now, like, all the fans get mad when, like, you know, the clock's still going. So, like, I'm getting ponta. I'm getting booed hard. Like, every – it's like it's like 8,000 Arkansas fans in there. And I'm getting booed. I'm like, all right, best. So I'm taking my sweet time just putting pon- – I don't never put ponta on my aluminum bat. Like, I just did it just to do it, just to be a dick. So, you know, I'm just putting the ponta on there. So, I get in the box. He throw another ball. I'm in 3-1 count. I'm like, all right, bro. They want to boo me. If he throws my pitch in my wheelhouse, I'm going to swing as hard as I can. And he ended up throwing it there, and I and I knew off the bat it was gone. So like, I'm watching. I I was like, I'm throwing this bat as high as I can. So, like, mm. so I'm right on the bases. The shortstop goes, "Don't ever do that again." I was like, "Bro, you see where that ball landed?" All right, then don't talk to me. <laughs> so then I got all the way home, and ever since that first game, like it was beef for Arkansas. Like I remember we were sitting for like watching like to see the reason the host and like where we were predicted to go, and like it was lining up. We was like. We all started thinking, like, as a team, like, we're going to Arkansas. Like, everybody looked at me, and they're like, hey, they're going to hate you for that bat flip. And I was like, hey, I love to go to Fayetteville. And I was they like, oh, you, let's go to Fayetteville. They gave you a warning, too, didn't they? Huh? They gave, yeah, you a they gave, they gave me that, a right? warning. Yeah, he gave me one. He was like, dumb part was like, hey, you can't be flipping the bat like that. I was like, ah, oh, yeah, whatever, man. <laughs> and, and what I was trying to – I was actually arguing on Twitter earlier, Austin. People were saying that – uh I said Arkansas ran into a buzzsaw with TCU. They were just too hot, and they were like, "No, Arkansas's pitching just got exposed." I said, "Dude, Haken Smith was all American, first team All American." I said, "No, I said TCU was hot. Like I said, they made Haken look less than pedestrian, right?" Like, yeah, I, it, it, I, it didn't matter who they pitched. I remember like uh, getting a scout report before that first game in the regional, and like I remember looking at Trey. Right before the game started. No, this night, this was like the night before, and I was like, "Hey, man!" Like I gave him a little plan. I was like, "Hey, let's let's jump on that first pitch and just don't miss the first pitch he throws." And it was like, "All right," because we we know SEC like playing them three times at the beginning of the year. All they want to do is throw fastballs. I'm like, bro, like that that doesn't like it doesn't matter how hard you throw. If you all you do is throw fastballs, somebody eventually gonna catch up too, and it's gonna get hit real hard. So I was like, "Hey, Trey, don't miss that first one." And that was like our mindset and going to the game it was like, "He gonna throw that fastball." hit it hard and if he throws a breaking ball just take it hit it hard too so what's your, what's your thought in regards to Trey my man had two home runs all season he has three in one game like like from you watching it as his friend and his teammate like what's your thought like damn my man hit three in one game he's had two all season <laughs> like I do I knew Trey had juice because like I see him at Baylor hit some hit some balls very far and at minute may he hit a backside home run and pimped it I mean, even though Bradley got over, he pimped the back. He had a backside home run at Minute so I'm like, he has the juice. But playing at like at Lupton Stadium, like at TCU, like that's a pitcher's ballpark. The wind blows straight in. It don't matter how hard you hit the ball, it's it's gonna get knocked down. So like when like it was a shocker, you know, hitting two grand slams and back to back innings is crazy, and then hitting three home runs in one game, is, let alone is crazy. 
But like when it, when you hit him, I was like, I, I was just happy for him. I was like, yeah, yeah, do your do your thing, Trey. Do your thing. I it, mean, could y'all even touch him in the dugout? I mean, that that man guy was he was on fire. Hey, it was that I hop. It was that I hop. We had I hop and uh, <laughs> what, what else? We had Longhorns. Like we went to Longhorns. Let's see. Did we go Longhorns before Arizona game? I don't know. I think we went to Longhorns before like every game in the regional that year, and then we had I hop for breakfast every game. So like, Trey had Longhorns and I hop. So I think the Longhorns itself gave him the extra juice, and then like the I hop gave him the vision. So like it was kind of like a, a <laughs> between both worlds, best of both worlds. Well, All right. I, I ain't never heard anybody say, you know, everything became crystal clear to me when I went to IHOP. I have. <laughs> hey, I will say this. I will say this. My vision when I go into Waffle House has been a little bit, fur, you know, fuzzy, blurry. When I came out, I was I was seeing a little better, a little more sobered up. I got to admit. See, I'm going to do it. It Look. soaked it all up. Tony Taylor said the last time I was in IHOP, because I didn't remember, he said I was throwing plates, and I can't even verify if I was or not. But that's a whole other story, Randy. But no, yeah, I hey. think before this before this season, the last time I had IHOP was like sophomore, no, freshman year of high school, uh, not high school, college. Because at the dorms at West Virginia, we had the dorms, and then like it was a little plaza, and it was IHOP right in front. So like if you was hungry, we just went to IHOP. Yeah, so y'all we- don't got sweet tea at IHOP, bro. <laughs> we got a we got a breakdown of what our audience age group is and it's like uh it's like 15 percent of them are like you know teenage crowd so Austin for the young young guys listening they're gonna start eating IHOP before games and hope that they can start cranking out grand slams yeah. now I'm not gonna lie this this is not gonna be this is gonna be a good take right here Trey would definitely agree but if we were to substitute IHOP for Waffle House Trey would hit four grand slams Agreed. He would Waffle hit four grand slams. Waffle House is the goat. Yeah, he would have hit about four. I mean, it's a good thing y'all didn't go to a Denny's because Denny's actually has a grand slam. Boom. Ooh, yeah. See, that would have been like reverse psychology. So we probably would all had a hat trick and got swept. Mm. <laughs> all right. So you guys take care of business in Fayetteville. You know, like we said, you end up getting to go home and, and host in Fort Worth. Y'all end up setting a record crowd. Something that me, Daniel, and Randy were happy with. Seeing all the record crowds across college baseball, just seeing the growth of the game is something that uh <clears throat> that makes us excited. So we we were stoked to see that y'all had that kind of uh that kind of capacity, that kind of fan support. Um, but y'all take care of Indiana State. I wouldn't say it was just easy, but there wasn't really any kind of a, a struggle. So, like, I mean, would you would you agree? Like, you know, it's it, it just it just felt like y'all were the better team, right? Like, yeah, like we had that that edge to us. Like, we were at a point in the season like we we were beating everybody. Like, we after like that walk off loss we had to K State, which was like a cheap win. Like those that series win. Like we went into the tournament and like we beat down on everybody. I mean, like not even close, just beating down everybody. Beat down everybody in the region. We got the super. Like I mean, supers. Like I guess we were. I would say we were a little relaxed, like too relaxed. But like we knew, like we had that chip on our shoulder. Like nah, y'all, y'all ain't gonna come here and beat us. And then like after that first game, we were like, nah, we we got to get it done, especially in front of this crowd. We we not playing three games. We playing two. Yeah, no doubt. So y'all end up punching the ticket. The goal was Omaha, but now it's it's to win a national championship. But y'all y'all reached the initial goal that that you guys had came there for. Um, so when you get there, game one, man, I want to ask you, you know, Luke Savage is the guest <clears> of the show, and I was there. I was I was in Omaha the whole time. I was actually there watch, uh, wearing a Trey Richardson jersey for that game. Um, you know, I have watched Luke all year, and, you know, like, is it just one of those days where he didn't have his stuff? Like, you know, what, what happened, man? Because he, you know, usually he shuts it down. Like, you know, what happened that game? 
Yeah, I mean, like, he gave, like, he, of course, he gave up the home run, like, you know, bad pitch, you know, but, like, before that, like, we had, I think we had an era, and then they had, like, you know what happens after the era is, like, blue pit, blue pit. I was like, oh, here we go, blue pit. And then I was like, oh, well. And he hit the home run. I was like, dang. Like, I mean, like, he was on, but, like, he wasn't like he would probably say himself like he wasn't himself, but like to me personally, I think like he he was still on like he just made. I think it was just like bad pitch call, you know, like because kid kid was sitting dead red fastball, he had fouled the ball off like right down the line like real hard, and like personally, right fouled thumb slider, thumb slider. First, I would threw myself a slider, and we threw a foul. I mean, like foul ball, if he would have hit his location, probably got the job done too. But he missed his spot, so I mean, gotta live and die by it. But I mean. It is what it is. Now we, we, we left that in the past and had to handle business. We played them again. Yeah, so me, me and Daniel were actually talking about it because the <clears throat> stat would come up the next game against Florida when Oral Roberts was playing them. So when they beat y'all, that was their seventh win in a row when trailing by three runs going into the ninth inning. That was the most hey. crazy stat I'd ever heard in my life. So this team and and so and, and I don't know if you paid attention to the Florida game. They had ended up getting bases juice in the ninth, and and they were down three runs to start that inning. I said, these dudes going to do it an eighth time in a row. They obviously yeah, I saw. I was watching. I think we were out to eat down in Omaha. Like the game was on. I saw Florida went up early. So I I kind of like just didn't pay attention because I didn't really care who we played. And then like I remember like turn on TV and they had base load. I'm like, oh snap! Like they finna do it to Florida too. <clears throat> now that that team, I get to them, that team has some heart in them. Like I mean, like of course every team there had got heart, but like that team, boy, it it was playing to like the last fingernail. I was like, dang. Yeah, so I mean, you obviously have the tough loss, but you bounce back and uh, you know, you beat Virginia where you had an outstanding game. Um, you go perfect for the day. So, um, you know, obviously you're feeling good, the team's feeling good, and then like you said, you get to play Oral again. Um, and y'all dispose of them easily. That was actually the first game in Omaha that wasn't close because every game up to that point had basically been a one run game and then Y'all beat them six one and and it's pretty easy. So when you're going to play Florida, what's what's the vibe like? Because we were just talking to uh Tommy about this last episode. Um, you know, he was on the flip side of your situation talking about where the, when they went to play LSU for Wake Forest, you know, they just had to win one of two games. You're in a flip side of situation where you have to win two in a row. So what's the discussion? Is it just as simple as one game at a time? Yeah, it was pretty simple. It was just one game at a time. Got to handle business here. Uh, I mean, we were just going to treat it like any other game. Just just got to handle business here because we, we knew we had the bullpen. Like, we had the pitching. Like, if any team had the pitching to – besides Wake Forest, because they, they had some dogs. But any team had the bullpen to make it out of the loser's bracket early was definitely us. So, like, it was just a matter of, like, jump on them early, handle this one in at a time, one pitch at a time, and then let the outcome be the outcome. Yeah. <clears throat> No doubt. So obviously y'all come up short, but you know, I'll I'll end with this, man, and 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 then I'll let Daniel play a game. You know, reflect back, you know, you came there to go to Omaha to win a Big 12 championship. You know, y'all obviously won the Big 12 tournament, took care of business, made it to Omaha, you know, made it to the finals of your bracket. So, you know, reflect back, just give me an overall thought process about your decision and how it all turned out. Yeah, from like personal standpoint, like decision was great. I made some Made some brothers that I'm gonna know for life. Uh, probably found a home I probably want to live in during the off season. Uh, if God let me get drafted this year, so like found a place I would love to, you know, just kick back and during the off season, you know, chill it with. Uh, you know, met 
met some some great people outside of baseball here and like the support staff was great uh and then like from team s point uh standpoint it was great i mean like yeah we didn't win omaha but like i wouldn't want to go out no other way going going to omaha going through everything we went through this whole season just to make it always omaha like we're gonna be remembered forever like our name's gonna be uh i mean our name our pitch is gonna be up they're gonna remember you on Fayetteville forever. I'll probably no, do that. No, nah, yeah. <laughs> hey, funny story. We saw like maybe I saw maybe like 40 Arkansas fans like just out and about in Texas after that that uh, regional win. It was it was kind of funny. They was like, Y'all really, y'all really put it on to us. I was like, hey, yeah, well, that's what y'all get for y'all started the beginning. Yeah, y'all yeah, started, started the beginning season. We we finished it. Yeah, so like, yeah, from a team standpoint, like, I mean. I'm I'm content like with what happened this season. Like we didn't win it. Yeah, that's definitely the ultimate goal, but like there's no other way to go out. Like, I mean, I I got no complaints. I it, it was perfect. Like cherry on top. Hey, you can't can't beat it, man. You 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 knew the goal was to get there and you know, once you get there anything can happen. You guys fell short. I mean, it doesn't mean that the season wasn't successful and it doesn't mean that you guys were um should hang your head by any means, but I'm sure it does leave a nice little taste in your mouth for things to come. Um, if things work that way, but, um, the big thing is, man, is you were able to bet on yourself and tell these coaches, I deserve to go here for these reasons. And they, they did that, man. They took a shot with you and obviously it paid off because they took it a step further. They put themselves in a position be in Omaha and compete for a national championship, man. So hats off to you, man, betting on yourself. Hats off to, to TCU, man, for um, a great season. Yeah, thank um, you. Yeah, I mean, like, and then, like, on top of that, like, Brayden Taylor hit a ball that's 100% a home run at any other part. So, like, the fact that that was the way it ended, like, I mean, it's not like we ended the season, like, getting blown out by Florida. We ended the season, um, he had to make a great play. Brain tell about 115 off the bat. I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wasn't even gonna bring I wasn't even gonna bring it up. But you know what I did forget to bring up, Daniel? I almost forgot. Talking about what TC got out of Austin, he was one of two players to play all 68 games, which was a TCU record. My bad. Forgot to give you that that clout, Austin. Oh, thank you. Is that good? Yeah. 68 games. That's a lot of games. Man. We're not we're not managing your time at all. We're just putting you out there and letting you do your thing, which I'm sure you don't mind at all. Nah, no problem. So you're done, man. Let's let's play a game. You down to play? Let's do it. All right, let's man. This this game is called This or That. This or That is brought to you by Chinook Cedary. If you want Ooh. the best seeds in the game, awesome. Trust me, dude. They got they did they did flavor. send me some seeds my, my senior year. They sent me like five boxes. I'm like, I eat seeds, but like that was too many C's, man. Like, I was like, bro, who's like they their C's are I think the best one is definitely uh I think it's the Parmesan. That's what Parmesan garlic. Yeah, that's the top seller. Yeah, Parmesan garlic like dill pickle. I mean, I don't like dill pickle like that, but their dill pickle is pretty good. Did you get a chance to stop by the booth in Ballpark Village? Did we stop by? Yeah, we did. Yeah, yeah. I thought did. he said your name when he said players that came by. Well, appreciate that because they they wanted some players to come by and stop by. So I'm glad you got to do that. Yeah, we stopped by. Look, see, I don't even got to do the whole plug, man. You just did it for me. Look at <laughs> well, he's it. also teammates with Luke Savage, who's – There we go. That, that's Chinook's boy, so. <laughs> so. So there it is. Best seeds in the game right there. Um, 
Austin, this or that's very, very easy. I give you two options. You choose one or the other. Can't say both. Can't say neither. Just be decisive. All right. one. Very simple. All right. So you, you, you talked about IHOP. You talked about Waffle House. You talked about Denny's a little bit. So we, we, breakfast is on our minds. So if you're going to breakfast, what are you getting? Sausage or bacon? Oh, definitely turkey sausage. Turkey sausage. Yeah. Turkey sausage, turkey turkey bacon. Cause I don't, I don't eat pork, so like turkey bacon's kind of kind of. So I, I'm going turkey sausage. All right, fair enough. What feels better, web gym or a big hit? Ooh, uh, and you've had both in your career, and which mm, one feels the best? That's let's, a tough one. Let's say situationally, they're both. Like either game winning or game saving. Well, I mean, he said that he robbed that home run in Texas was his favorite moment. So I'm, I feel like he would say Web Jim. I would. No, nah, I'm going. I'm going big, big hit. Big he hit also sure. bat flipped to the moon and got in trouble. <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm going big hit for sure because like the big hit, you talking trash to the team, the other team, and to the pitcher. Like Web Jim is really you know you just you just hype like you know you just hype with your team, but like. Big hit, you hype with your team, you talking trash to the other team, and you talking trash to the pitcher. So, like, it's, it's like a win, win, win. Right. So, if you got stranded on a desert island, all right, you get one of these two options. You either have to be by yourself or you have to be with your worst enemy. Which one are you choosing? Hmm. So, I definitely go with the worst enemy because then that way I have a partner. But then if like I don't like him, I just end up killing him. So like then I'm just by myself anyway. Mm. <laughs> that's, that's real. Yeah. <laughs> that's as real as it gets right there. I heard him and the Arkansas shortstop were getting put together. <laughs> <laughs> Which would you rather be a jack of all trades or would you bet rather be a specialist in something? You said, a, wait, what was the first one? A jack of all trades. Would you rather be good at everything or really, really just ultimately good at one thing? Way better than anybody else. Definitely everything. Because then that way, you can help more people in different situations. Because if, if you're only good at one thing, like in baseball, if you're only good at one thing, you, you ain't going to make it nowhere. So like, that's why they call it. You gotta have what is it, five tools in baseball. That's you gotta have five. See, if you got five tools, they're gonna like you more than somebody who got one tool. Very true. Very true. Would you are you a plan ahead guy or are you a live for the moment guy? Nah, we talking we talking like school. Just, just, just in life, <laughs> like making decisions, just like you know. Like I'm, I'm the type of guy where I'm laying my clothes out the night before for what I'm wearing the next day. But some people just go to their closet and just grab stuff, and they like living for the moment. That's, that's, a, that's a tricky one. That's a tricky one. I'm like, I'm kind of like fifty fifty. Like it just depends on like the the scenery, like what's going on. But I'll probably say I probably live more on the like, you know, just live for the moment because like people like say you make, you plan ahead for something, then the plan don't work. Now, now, now your bubble burst. Now, now you mad because the plan ain't work. See, if you just live in the moment, you can never get mad if the plan don't fail. Because then you just well, it failed, and you find some other plans. See, these nah, man, guys, dude, you can work the plan, yeah. plan to work. Yeah, I mean, 
what I have learned, though, over time, and, and these guys can attest to this, if you are a plan-ahead guy, that's great, and it's very helpful. But when you have kids, you tend to be okay with when the plan doesn't go to a plan. It's not and that you're okay with it. Moment. You ain't got no choice. Randy, let me tell you something. I sent him – see, also, I told you I was going to Universal, but before Universal, I'm coming down and staying with Daniel for three days because my daughter's – uh, she's got an audition for the University of Tampa soccer coach. And so anyway, I sent him, and I sent him what the uh, her soccer schedule was. And then, of course, we got plans outside of that. So this man sent me my itinerary back. And I was like, oh, OK, so you write my plans for three days. That's how Daniel is. This man wrote, <laughs> this man wrote out my whole schedule for me. <laughs> I mean, I know that 90 percent of that plan ain't going to come to fruition. <laughs> I'm surprised it didn't say work. I'm surprised, I'm surprised it didn't say wake up at 4 a.m. and work out so I could have axed that plan right out the gate. I mean, I'm not going to do you like that because I know. Yeah, maybe, I, like, if you think about it, like, go back. You're not to built like that. When, when, like, teachers give you, like, the study guide, the study guide ain't never nothing like the test. So, like, don't just study. Just, just pay attention in class. You'll be fine. Dude, Live for the moment. All right. Would you, would you rather own – a massive yacht or a private jet? Definitely a private jet. Definitely a private jet. Cause like on a oh, yacht, you what, what are you gonna go? You gonna go about like thirty feet and be back? I'm trying. I'm trying to travel the country. You travel the you world can, you, on the yacht. You, I think you can find. All right, y'all should add this question. Who are there more yachts or private jets in the world? Yachts. Gotta be. Exactly. So you can always find somebody with a yacht. You can't always find somebody with a private jet. You've been to Tampa. You know the answer to that question. <laughs> but I will say That's this. That's a super <laughs> humble flex. Well, where I live, there's a lot of yachts. <laughs> but you got to let me finish. You see them all the time, and they never move. Never move. They always on the dock. They're no, like five feet DB. away from the dock. Hold up. That's what you call FU money, bro. I got this. No, I don't. Yacht. I think that's the problem is that they don't have as much money as they think they have, and they can't afford to fuel it. I would host a party <laughs> on that yacht at the dock. At the dock. I mean, why not? Why not? I want to. I'm going yacht. I'm just saying. I'm traveling the world, and I'm going to have the right people on that yacht. We partying, like Randy said. Let's do it. Okay, I will say this. Let's say you can't, say, you can't let's... take the yacht nowhere except one location, though. Hell no. There's more water on this earth than anything else. Yeah. I'm you know, you know, I'm Randy could take his before you get down that Randy could take his yacht actually to Knoxville and watch Tennessee. That's the ability a yacht has because this, it has a river that pulls up. This well, is true, but what? I will say guess this: what? if if you own the yacht, it's gonna take oh, it's gonna take you at least six. You saw what happened to the Titanic. But that's See? what you do. You party ahead, on the way on there. Playing. You're gonna bring up Titanic. You just hey, it just came out on Netflix. You watched it, didn't you, Austin? No, that that thing way too long. It's too long, bro. You got to see it one time. One time. When I was a little kid, I used to just fast forward to that scene in the, you know, in the basement. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Austin, would you rather spend an hour in a walk in freezer or two hours in a sauna? Ooh. You've lived in both. Yeah. Yeah, I know that. I'm definitely going. I'm going. I'm going with the freezer because you know why. You can always wear enough clothes for a freezer. You can be booty butt naked and still be hot. Booty butt naked. <laughs> hey, and still let me be hot. 
So let me ask you, let me expound upon that. Is it hotter in Fort Worth or in Florida? No, nah, Texas got us beat. Tech, Bro, it's so hot. But like it's different heat though. Like, see, like humidity. Texas got the, the dry heat. Florida got like I like the humidity. Like I like to feel like, I, I want to know why I'm sweating, you know. Like I'm out here, I'm sweating. The dry heat is hot and you're not sweating. You can't breathe. The bugs everywhere. They stick it like sticking to you because you ain't sweating. I'm just like, bro, can I please leave? And it's 113 degrees too. Yeah, I, I no. learned real quick. See, when I was up there in Omaha watching y'all, I thought, damn, it's so hot. It was 98. And then I got back to Mississippi and I was like, okay, yeah, never mind. It wasn't as hot. It was way hotter in Mississippi with the humidity. <laughs> that humidity. But I mean, at least you know why you sweat because it's humid. The dry heat, you just like, gosh. And the air be hot too. Like you let down the windows. Like in Florida, you let down the windows is, is like lukewarm. Texas, you let down the windows, it's still hot. Like it's like, no, come on, man. <laughs> All right, Austin, last question, man. This is the, the money question. So if let, – let's say, let's say Big Dollars Randy just says, you know what, I'm going to give you some money, but you get to pick of the two scenarios how it's going to go down. He's going to give you the first option of I'll give you a million dollars, but you can spend – you can't spend any of it on yourself, and you have to spend it all on other people. Or – He's going to give you $1,000, and you can spend it only on yourself. Which one are you taking? Hey, hear me on this one. This is easy. I'm taking, I'm, taking, I'm taking the meal, right? And I'm using it on family. So, like, I'm going to tell my brother, hey, look, I'm giving me. I know he's going to buy something I like. So, I'm going to just borrow that. And then, you know, you get married. Your wife going to get something that she likes sooner or later. Then she's going to get you a gift. So, like, then. That's spoken see, like a guy that's never been married. <laughs> So then you gotta think, you gotta think like if they got that money, come your birthday and Christmas time, you got gifts. So like I mean, then then, then they got big money, so then they're gonna get you a bigger gift. What if so it was, that way you don't gotta buy it for yourself? What if it was let's just up the ante? What if it was a hundred thousand dollars for yourself or a million on other people? Still doing the mill. Mm. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm I'm give it to the people I know. That like real close. You got to. a lot of trust in these people. This, this Randy, Randy will take the hundred thousand all yeah. day for himself. It's me, baby. <laughs> it's me versus me, Austin. <laughs> all yeah, right, I'm Austin. definitely doing the bill. Hey, there's no shame in that. I mean, you want you want to take care of your people. There's nothing wrong with that at all. I can I can respect that. Man, but man bump that's these, bump these folks. That, that's it, man. You, you made it through the interview. You made it through the podcast, man. Anything you want to plug or promote before you get out of here? Uh, you know, everybody, y'all follow me on Instagram underscore Austin J Davis underscore. Actually, no, bump that. Everybody, go follow me on TikTok. Cause I'm trying to get a blue check on TikTok. AD Go Crazy on TikTok is the only one that's called AD Go Crazy on TikTok. Y'all go give me a follow. I'm trying to get to ten thousand. AD Go Crazy. So real quick, what? Oh, I just got to give some some people some, a taste. What what are they going to see? So, I mean, you're really going to see, like, baseball stuff. You're going to see funny baseball stuff. Like, I posted uh, one time, I posted uh, all my strikeouts. I was like, I'm getting ready for baseball season. It's just me striking out. Posted all my field diving catches on there. I posted some some cool highlights. And then I haven't posted on it in a while because season, I've just been training. So, I'm, I'm going to try to switch up the trend on, on TikTok, see, see, like, Later down the road, where I can switch it up to. I got to think though, because TikTok, you gotta, you gotta get kind of creative. So like.
You you ain't posted since like five nine, bro. We, Outside, he's hey, busy. We're, we're busy getting ready for Omaha. That's why. All I know is he's the first. Hey, look, we almost at three hundred guests. He's the first one to plug TikTok. I like it. It's different. What what everybody else plug? No, they Which don't. They say I don't have anything. Some of them, sometimes oh. they'll do it. They'll do a charity or something, and then the occasional one has Instagram. But Daniel was ready. If you wouldn't have said your Instagram, that's what he. Yeah, would and then, then then I just say, you know, if you want to see what AD's doing on a Wednesday night, maybe he's doing a podcast. Maybe he's hanging out with the boys. Going over to IG at underscore Austin J Davis, or if you want to see what TCU's up to, IG at TCU Baseball. Yeah. But because you're the TikTok star and we're trying to get you that blue check mark, you need to head over to TikTok. AD go crazy. I got a perfect segue right now. This is Randy. You'll find this ideal. So speaking of TikTok and speaking of TCU, did you see who just committed to TCU? Chaudnier. Peyton Chaudnier. Hey, twelve-year-old girls love Peyton Chaudnier on TikTok. The there you go. He's been in baseball. I mean, he's been in baseball for. 20 years now. How's he still got eligibility? <laughs> that man was at Ole Miss for 17 years, and now he's going to TCU. We can't stuff. even say that, being y'all being Tiger fans. Dude's coming back for his ninth year of college. Golly. Well, Austin, man, we wish you nothing but luck in the future. Please reach out to us if you need anything, man, and hopefully we'll have you back on, man. We'll, we'll talk some more. Yeah, definitely got to have you back on. This is fun. Thank y'all for having me everything. Absolutely. That's Austin Davis. If you like hearing Austin's story or you just like hearing us average Joes talk X's and O's, please like and share the podcast on Facebook. Retweet us on Twitter. Head on over to TikTok at AD Go Crazy at In Off the Bench. Hit us up. Maybe we can all get that blue check mark. Who knows? We'll get yeah. <laughs> real. Ain't nobody trying to be us because we got that check mark. But as always, you know the drill. Thumbs up. Hearts, likes, love, hugs, all that good stuff. The feedback, we'll take it all. And we'll see everybody next week for episode four, where we're going to be getting a recap of South Carolina baseball with Roman Kimball. This has been the In Off the Bench podcast. As always, remember, strong body, sharp minds, grit and grind all the time. We're out.